0: Wake up, you're beautiful, I'm
1: blessed, you feel me? I think I do.
0: Leisha Bell is the founder of BLX VC, an angel syndicate of moms mobilizing money for black and brown women entrepreneurs. She's the deal flow lead for Pipeline Angels, a network of women and femmes. Leisha also advises the PayPal Ventures Black Lives Matter Fund and serves on the board for Black Girl Ventures. For more details, go to www.leishabell.com.
1: Hi, I'm Kimberly Strong. I'm the mother of two amazing young men, and the wife for 28 years to a most amazing husband. I've retired after a 28-year career in corporate and had to decide what was next. My chapter was that I really wanted to continue helping my community, especially women of color.
0: Hello, and welcome to Sisters with Ventures, the podcast where we amplify black and brown women who are angel investors. On this show, we will explore what is angel investing, how to become one, and why would you want to be one? We will discuss how the most marginalized women persevered to the very top of the investing spectrum. Whether you're making money moves or barely making money, listen up. I'm your host, Lee Chabell, co-founder of BLXBC, an angel syndicate run by Black and Latinx women who are on a mission to represent ourselves and claim our seats on cap tables. Stay tuned. So welcome to Sisters with Ventures. Today I have a very special guest by the name of Mrs. Kimberly Strong. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So me and Kimberly go way back. We actually started our angel investing journey together. We did. She is a powerhouse executive. (laughs) She's from Detroit, now resides in Atlanta. She's a mother, she's a wife, and she's a champion of community. And I'm so honored to have her on this show. So Kim, why don't you tell us about how you got into angel investing?
1: Yeah, it was really just a very interesting journey. I decided that after I retired from corporate, it was 28 years. That's a long time. It's a long time. And my mother was still upset because she thought it should be 40 because I have (laughs) two parents who were Detroit public school teachers who retired in 40 years. So she was like, shamed that I would think about twenty-eight years. But my (laughs) husband had already retired and of course I'm having family and elder care. It was time for me to figure out what I needed to do. Yeah. And so I decided I was gonna, you know, be have elder care, take care of my parents, and then travel.
0: Yeah. And that was
1: my thing. The first year after I retired, I mean, I traveled everywhere.
0: What's your favorite spot?
1: You know, it's so funny. I really enjoyed, I went on the Baltic seas and I really enjoyed like that whole, you know, Sweden, Mm -hmm. you know, area, Stockholm and everything. I don't know. It just kind of called to me. So Finland, (laughs) but it was just very interesting, but I thought that was what I want to do. Just go travel. And that was it for my retirement. But then I realized I was not fulfilled. When I came back and I said, okay, I got to do something else. Right. So I decided, literally, I'm not joking, I actually went online Mm -hmm. and Googled, how can I help black women? (laughs) (laughs) And what popped up was actually Pipeline Angels. Wow. And so when I looked at it and I realized they had a boot camp, I didn't understand all of that in terms of investment or any of that. My family, that just wasn't what they did. They yeah. were educators. Yeah. And so no one ever taught me that. When I saw it, I was like, oh man, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then when I signed up for the class, that's where we were in the class together. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that was really powerful for me because I met a lot of women who I really connected with. Right. During those classes that we had. And then Beyond, actually. We wrote checks together. We, yes, we did. <laughs>
0: yes, we did. So it was just a great experience. And so you mentioned you didn't know anything about this growing up. It was mm-hmm. not in your story. And it doesn't mean that money was not in the conversation of the family, just how we looked at money. So I would love to hear about like, your money story and your legacy. And like growing up, You know, what did you know about money? Sure. I
1: think the biggest thing is having a family of educators. So I'll kind of start with that. I'm a third generation. In my experience, when Black women say that, it means education, not from a different, you know, nation or country or something like that. But mine was third generation college educated, which is
0: impressive. That's a very small group of African Americans. (laughs) I'm a a first gen. Okay, so you know, and I didn't realize again at the
1: time until once again you start learning, like, oh, this was not the normal. Yeah. So it was being third generation college educated, and what was really exciting is I just thought it was the norm. Like I like no one ever gave me a choice. Right. So I just felt like I needed to go to college. Now, the one thing is my mother said her money, my family money, was going to go to one choice. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. And in Michigan, a lot of people have to decide if they're going to be a Spartan, which is Michigan State, or if they're going to be a Wolverine, which is University of Michigan. And my mother (laughs) told me her money would only go to University of Michigan. Oh. So I needed to be a Wolverine. <laughs> and I was like, mm, I just wanted to be different. And so I was like, I want to go to a HBCU. Mm. And she was like, oh, uh, Kim, okay. because my mother is a Virginia State undergrad yeah. and a graduate Columbia University, yeah. like you. Yeah. So she's Columbia. So in her mind, she's like, no, <laughs> you're going to U of M. But then what I did is actually at that time, Michigan had a, a higher tuition and actually it was cheaper for me to go to mm. uh, Howard. So that's how I gained. Literally, I'm not exaggerating. I wrote a thesis to tell her I needed to go to Howard. And <laughs> I, cause all of her family's from the Maryland DMV area. And I yeah. told her I never had to go home to visit her in Michigan cause I could just stay there. So <laughs> that's, that's how I won over going to Howard. It was the best decision I ever made. So I was really excited about that. H-U. H-U. So, So,
0: (laughs) yes, Mm -hmm. I've been informed by all the Howard (laughs) alum I know in my life. So, you know, but to be third generation Mm -hmm. college educated means something. And it means that your family was something. And it means something. So tell me about the legacy that is your family.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting because the more I learned, you know, I found out actually really just a couple of months ago, there is an exhibit that's in Hagerstown, Maryland is where my family's from. And they had an exhibit called Jonathan Street. And when I was walking through it, I realized my great-grandfather was listed a couple of times. And he was listed as being the most wealthiest person in Hagerstown, Maryland because of his real estate investments. He held 40 homes, as well as a hotel. Wow. 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 So it just blew my mind to see that. And it said that through his legacy, that most people in his family, all of his 10 children will become educators, physicians, or business owners. Mm -hmm. And just to see that, because in my world, I'm the first person to be in business. Mm -hmm. Most of my family, my uncles and everything were either preachers, (laughs) teachers, or physicians. Yeah. So I didn't have a role model because, unfortunately, my great-grandfather passed away a long time ago, and then his wife carried on the business in terms of the hotel. And it was one of the only hotels in the Green Book that accepted blacks there. And Willie Mays, one of the MLB players, He stayed there and he was recognized. He said that was the only hotel that he felt comfortable
0: going to. Wow. (laughs) I love that. I love that story. And so now you are a mother of two Mm -hmm. young men and you're imparting your own legacy. So was it hard for you? Because writing checks, you're in a family household is a family decision. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what happened when you told your husband you wanted to be an angel investor?
1: So one of the things, this is the thing that is my passion to educate others who are coming along, because unfortunately, I didn't have someone to tell me that I had that opportunity to do this. So after when I decided and found Pipeline Angels, once you figure out what you can do in terms of who you can invest in, you go crazy because you just fall in love (laughs) with everybody and you want to invest in everybody. But my husband was like, "Ah, that wasn't a part of our original retirement plan. Right so that stopped me a little bit so i did what i could but and also how i can advance in terms of just you know connection and different people i can get a founders connected to which was really helpful but i realized that wow if someone had told me to start that earlier i would have so that's my passion is to tell women who are accredited investors and I don't think they even know that they're accredited investors, but I know cuz I'm in HR. So I know <laughs> you see all I, salaries. I see all the salaries. You so I know. know hey, FYI. <laughs> yeah. I know the pay ranges. I know titles with <laughs> pay ranges. So I'm like, "Girl, let me tell you. So when you get a bonus, <laughs> don't buy that purse." <laughs> exactly. Like, there's so many people who could really utilize that money. So it's just a helping people understand that culture cuz a lot of people just don't understand. And I yeah. like I said, I didn't understand how women were underrepresented, especially women of color who were underrepresented in getting money. There was times when I was doing investing and I would do due diligence and I would be talking to their mentor and their mentor happened to be, you know, a Caucasian male. And I would be talking to him and he was like, oh, let me show you my deck. And it had errors every like I was like really and I was like oh how much did you get they're like oh I got three million and I'm just like like that (laughs) just like that I'm like oh and I'm thinking the person I'm trying to get you know we're trying to just get to a million you know in terms of fundraising and it just really brought to my attention of just how uneven the playing field was
0: right so what was your favorite investment
1: Ooh, there's been so many because you and I have been on a
0: part of a lot.
1: I'll say my investment thesis is health and wellness, okay? consumer product goods, so food, the food area, and HR products, so software as a service in terms of HR. So it's like choosing your favorite son. (laughs) I have two sons. I can't say who's my favorite, and I can't say with my investment who's my favorite because honestly- Yeah. All of them, because I've checked every box right now. Well,
0: just name drop all of them and tell me name why drab- you don't. okay. It's
1: Name drop, okay. Minted, because it's cosmetics, and yeah. I love them. And one of them went to Howard University. A2. A2, you know. <laughs> and then also, my other one was, I think we're in this, uh, Fresh, Bellies. Fresh Bellies. Yeah. Yes. yes. So really excited about that one in terms of a consumer product food good that I had. So I really am excited that I'm a part of that one. And then my other is the minted method. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. so the minted method is by HR software as a service. Yes. And they're amazing and I'm a board advisor for that one. So I'm really excited.
0: So tell me about what it means to have a board advisor seat, what do you do? It's not easy. I have to say I'm on
1: quite a few pitches to be a part of it, but because it's something I love and because my background is being in HR, I was a vice president for HR for, you know, the 28 years, as well as a head of diversity inclusion. So it's just my niche. So it's just really helping. And so that's a lot of things that I knew I could bring to the table is being a part of a legacy company, Yes, you know, and then being a part of a startup. That's my kind of I would say superpower yeah. is because I can help translate a lot of things to corporate that maybe a startup just doesn't know how to really communicate. Right, right. It's a lot of translation. It is. Just knowing, like, okay, this is what they're going to look for, making sure they're there. And that, I mean, I offer that to any mentorship that I have. I'm a part of Techstar atlanta and colorado and so when i'm a mentor i always you know try to help them understand because there's a lot of people who've never been in corporate so just really trying to help them and also hone in on who's the right person to pitch this to because sometimes you can go you know the close of selling your product could go 130 days if you don't have the right person if you just got to the right person it's done deal
0: right so these three companies you mentioned all led by black and brown women? Yes. Why is that? Because that's what, you know,
1: so many people really need the help of investors. So yeah. you have to figure out how to narrow down what your focus is. Because honestly, my husband, would we would be homeless <laughs> if I invested in everybody who needed investing. So I really realized that I needed to just... Focus on my theme, my thesis, and then really go from there. Because honestly, everybody has great ideas and great products and solutions and problems they want to solve, but I just can't afford to get that, to do all of that. But one of the things I do say is you know someone who knows someone. So that's why I call my company Strong Connections. I will at least introduce you to someone who probably can help you at least get a little bit of uh, there or at least know someone who knows we all know someone who knows someone
0: right right i mean so tell me about like after you retired and you travel mm-hmm. you're like okay i'm bored <laughs> i gotta do something else mm-hmm. you became an angel investor and you started your own consulting business mm-hmm. so what is the purpose of strong connections and why is it your superpower well strong connections
1: is more of getting me connected through still kind of following through on my DEI background and helping companies with their strategies. And that was more kind of traditional HR, but honestly with pipeline angels and everything, I still want it to be more in the investment world. Okay. Yeah. So I always say I have a porf, I'm (laughs) a portfolio person. I like, I do a lot of stuff because I just really enjoy being a mentor. I do a lot of mentoring for different companies. And so that was just kind of where I really enjoy more than doing the more of the
0: traditional
1: traditional strategic things. But people like me because I have, again, like I said, that traditional HR, but understanding the startup HR, which is really exciting. So it's fun to like work with a company. Literally, I'm not exaggerating like 130 years old uh, versus a company that's two years old and knowing how they can start transforming the company now versus waiting till it's 130 and then deciding how they're going to move forward.
0: Right. So I'm going to throw you a curveball, but because you had media training and you're so good, (laughs) I want to talk about what it means to be a diversity officer at a company. So Mm -hmm. this is your profession. Mm -hmm. You practice inclusion in your personal life. Yeah. Is this something that all organizations need? If you're a new founder, is this something that should be included? You know, I struggle with how do we make diversity officers successful Mm -hmm. in the corporate landscape and kind of the role of the officer? Mm -hmm. I would love to hear your thoughts on positioning and what kind of power should it have? Where should it sit? I'm really curious. Right.
1: I think, in terms of the smaller startups, I mean, you know, when we're looking at companies, they can't yeah. even afford a head of HR versus least. So, how do you build the, into right. the culture of your company? And so, what I always tell them, you got to just help them understand the lens that they need to look through. Yeah. In terms of looking at. So, I'll give you an example. There was one company I was mentoring, and it was kind of funny. They came online. Because at that time, we were all doing everything that was, you know, through Zoom. And when they got on, I was like, and I just jokingly said it, but it was true. I was like, y'all look like you're all from the same fraternity. And they just started (laughs) cracking up. And they're like, yeah, we are. And I was like, (laughs) and so they cracked up. So it just started a good conversation of like, okay, like, how can we? And they're all male. And I said, like, And so I actually looked, I said, where did you graduate? And so I looked up their school and then I looked up, I found that they had like a ton of women organizations in their university. They had a women's dorm. I was like, you're telling me no one out of those situations, you didn't find a woman who could actually be a part of your company who had the skills. Right. And they were just shocked. They like, they're like, oh, you're right. We just never even thought about that. So those are things like I like to challenge people on in terms right. of that. And I think that's from like that early on, because I said, if you start building that culture now, it will help enhance you going forward versus some of these companies who are older when they decide, oh, I think I need to hit a head of diversity. It's really yes. hard it's to change it. I don't think it's too late. I think it's just organizations need to give you the right support. Right. So give you the money. You're not the only person doing it. And you get some champions within the organization who will help you. Because I think a lot of people have this thing like, oh, we're good. We got one person who's going to champion diversity for the whole company. Yeah. That's not not right. And no budget. That part. That part. (laughs) So it's like, no, you need to really facilitate people with the right budget. Right. And give them the freedom to try stuff. Because it's not like it's always going to work out. But the one thing is, you know, one thing I really liked about diversity versus other positions I was in is diversity. We always stuck together. That was one of the things I'm on the DEI advisory board for HelloFresh. And I'm also on the DEI advisory board for Twitter. And one of the things is when you're in diversity, we all want to help each other. Yeah. Because the one thing is like, we come up with a pill that can help it all. We all want to do it. It's not like a, It's a secret. We all want to make because we make everybody successful because we know if we fix it, <laughs> and we know fix it is a big word, but it's for everybody. It's not yeah. just for a company. It's for the community. It's for everybody. Yeah. So that's how I look. I, that's reason when I was in HR, I loved HR. Yeah. But diversity, that group is a real inspiring group because okay. we want to help. Everybody wants to help each other. Yeah. That's great. I
0: love that. <laughs> so what advice would you give to your younger self? Whew. Girl, a <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a lot. Money um, advice. Money. Yeah, thank you. Because I was like, there's a lot.
1: No, with money advice, I have to say my parents never, I mean, they were public school teachers. But we just never talked about money because I think they were public school teachers. They figured it out. It took me couple of years to realize they paid off my college tuition for Howard. Like I didn't have any debt. Like I just thought that was okay. That's what they were (laughs) supposed to do. And if I told my mother I needed money in the name of my hair wasn't looking good, I would get it. (laughs) So it was just never a thought. And the one thing is my, actually my father owned the largest music school in Detroit. Wow. So that was a side hustle. It was his school. And he uh, was the minister of music for his church. And he actually would groom like directors for choirs for different churches. That's how he made his money. That was a side hustle. And I never realized it like that. It was just, that's what dad did. I didn't even think about it, but he actually, you know, his musicians went on to play for Aretha Franklin. I remember meeting Aretha and she told me, she was like, you're Professor Miner's daughter. I'm like, yeah. She goes, Oh my goodness. You know? So it was just fun that I didn't even realize mm. that because we never talked about money. Yeah. So I just never knew. And so that's the thing I always said about that money journey. No one ever talked to me about it. Yeah. I never felt I had, didn't have any. It was funny. My dad always had the cash and my mom's always had the check. So mm. with my dad, I could always get him to go take me somewhere and get the shoes or whatever I wanted. Yeah. And then when I went to college, my mom became my friend because she wrote the check. The check would come in the mail because my dad never had a checkbook because my mom had the check. so my mom and I became close because of that. so it's just that's how I looked at money, yeah, so I yeah. just never thought of it in any other way. It's just that I was kind of thinking like, oh, I should pay more attention to it.
0: yeah,
1: but it really wasn't a thing until I actually started making money in corporate. And luckily I had a company that would give you a financial planner with it. And so when I made my, like, I guess my biggest money, that's when you would get a certain level, you would get a financial advisor. And they were the one who really was like, okay, you need to do this, that, that. And then he noticed my husband was 20 years older than me. And he was like, oh, you need to do this earlier because your retirement age is gonna be a lot earlier than you would think because he goes, Why would you want to retire later? You you and your husband need to have fun and do stuff. So it changed my perspective on that. But now I tell all of my mentees, my sons, like, you know, my son, I'm like on them about saving money for a house and things. I just have a different perspective in terms of their credit making sure credit is king and cash is king too. (laughs) Um, But understanding those things, because I didn't have anyone to do that for me. I had to figure it out myself. So I know I'm a little behind the eight ball on certain things because I could have done more, but I'm really excited because I think I've instilled a lot of things to my son. So that's my thing. And to other, like, that's my passion to tell other women, especially who they're not even, understanding they're accredited, but to say, hey, have you thought about this piece? And really looking at, I always say, you got to take care of your alma mater, but in certain things, let's look at investment. Yeah. Because other people do, people, majority people do. Right, exactly. And so I'm
0: like, if they do it, why shouldn't we? Right. Yeah. Someone said, you can't save your way to wealth. (laughs) You have to invest it into <laughs> you exactly, know? and it is kind of this multifaceted, diversified portfolio approach, mm-hmm. and we're advocating once you get there, carve out a little piece, you know, we're exactly. investing in entrepreneurs who are trying to build better spaces and tools that we need and have utility. Um, so I mean, this time has gone by fast. I know it has. <laughs> it's such an honor no, no
1: this is great i really
0: appreciate it because i'm so excited
1: because even people who when i was in corporate when they hear me talk about what i'm doing now because they are like oh kim what you doing and when i start going on they're like oh my gosh you're so happy you're like <laughs> and i'm like, oh, like i didn't realize i was exuding all that joy right but i know just meeting you when we were doing our piece and like yeah. I know you always say you found your tribe, and yeah. I really have, yeah. because most people don't find new friends at a certain right, age, right. and you guys don't know, but she's amazing, and she actually helped me online and found my mother's sweater from her a sorority. I know. That's amazing. That was amazing. I mean, it, was... it brings me to tears, because you just happened to say, is this your mom? I'm like, yeah, Listen. and I just met you, like, what, <laughs> five years ago? I, see i the Lord put me in your it life did. he put did it no i'm, I'm serious because i always say people come in your life for a reason yeah and i always thought so anyone who's like at a certain i'm um, a woman a particular age and you think oh i don't need no new friend no you do right. you never know you never know you and never you're know. i found my tribe <laughs> and we've done a couple investments together and No, I really appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah,
0: yeah, I loved it. So Kim's mother is a Delta. (laughs) I'm a Delta. And there's an online group of thousands of Deltas. (laughs) And somebody said, I bet you Leisha knows her. (laughs) They were looking for this woman. It's a legacy sweater, like amazing, old school. 1953. You can't find it, can't make it type of artifact. That's (laughs) definitely heritage. And someone just tagged me and said, Leisha Bell knows everybody. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that is wild so you know like we're all interconnected you never know never dismiss or discount people mm-hmm. because you know how people show up for you is amazing and you just never know this is my angel investing sister this is my sister <laughs> you know she comes to the town call me i come to atl and this is a beautiful effect so not only can you make wonderful investments in the entrepreneurs, you make wonderful friends. You do. And you build together. And I love to be a part of this community that's building together. I agree. For us and exuding exemplary leadership. I agree. So thank you. <laughs> Kimberly Minder strong thank you. Thank you. For coming to the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh-huh, love you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this show. Please subscribe, tell a friend. Check us out. Let the world know. You can find out more information about this podcast at LishaBell.com. And remember, be an angel, invest.